There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode one of season six of The Expanse. I love used to be on the sci-fi channel because Expanse has moved on to Amazon, which we're happy that it, because we would have been very sad had it ended the way it did on sci-fi. Yes, absolutely. And there's, even though Amazon has stated that, yes, this is the last season for The Expanse on Amazon. The production company, Alcorn, is still out there beating the bushes, trying to find another outlet to produce more shows, miniseries, movie, whatever. I thought that was interesting because I just said something about that. I thought this was it. We were going to at least get some kind of ending. And Steve reminded me, there's, what, three more books? Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, we got a lot of story to tell. Yep. And we have some more news. Oh, do tell. Telltale Games is back in business after its unexpected closure three years ago and has announced its newest project is The Expanse, a Telltale Game, and will tie right into The Expanse TV show. As the show final season premieres, fans will get another piece of the universe to dive into with this game, featuring locations and characters from the books in the show. The game will tell a canon story set in the universe of The Expanse. Now, Telltale Games is best known for its narrative-heavy, choice-based games such as Walking Dead and Batman. Throughout its history, Telltale Games worked with many high-profile IP, including Minecraft and Guardians of the Galaxy. In the middle of The Walking Dead, the final season, the studio was forced to start closing down as it lost investor money, and the company shut its doors in October of 2018. However, LCG Entertainment acquired much of the company in 2019 and announced the studio would reopen to make new games. Now, Telltale has announced what it's working on. That will be interesting. Yes, it will. And I am now looking forward to what E3 will show us and if Telltale will be popping up there. Exactly. Hmm. Hey, E3, if you're listening, the Fangirl Zone would love to be there. Yes. And we do have some new cast members for this season. Kathleen Robertson as Rosenfeld Gulang. Beverly Hills 9210 actor Kathleen Robertson makes her debut on Expanse as Rosenfeld Gulang. Marco's new second-in-command aboard the Pella. We have Joanne Vinicola as Nico Sangirani, played by, of course, Joanne. And Nico is the acting head of Cersei Station in The Expanse Season 6. Vanicola, a daytime Emmy winner, is known for being Erica Slasher in the 2015 movie Stonewall. In a show renowned for its diverse array of characters, 
Sandrani serves as the Expanse first non-binary figure, also portrayed by a non-binary actor. And last but not least, Emma Ho as Kara. Emma Ho's Kara lies at the center of the Expanse Season 6 Laconia storyline as a child born on the planet to Earther parents. Ho has previously appeared in the 2019 film Code 8. New faces that I was trying to figure out where I recognize some of them from. So this is great. I'm excited. Right. Can't wait to see what they bring. Yes. I feel like we did have one newish face, which I could have just not recognized him. Right. Which is Philip's friend. Right. They <laughs> he didn't, didn't find. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so he was new. Okay. I was thinking maybe I seen him and I don't recognize him unless he just wasn't one of the main characters before. Right. No, I believe he was a new actor. Hey, at least he's got the credit for it. Right? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's jump into episode one, Strange Dog. The Rossinati crew makes a startling discovery on an asteroid. Ava Solara and Bobby contend with a devastation going on on Earth. Drummer and her family must make a heartbreaking decision. And on Cersei's, Marco and Philip struggle turn inward. That's a bit of an understatement with that last sentence, sir. Yes. <laughs> I am really starting to wonder how things are going to play out. Like, this first episode especially with Marco and Philip, there was oh, yeah. a lot of tension. Yes. And like way more than tension. And then the way it ended, I was like, oh, okay, things are going to be over the top, I think. Yes. There's definitely a major storyline in this season is their relationship. Yeah. So we opened on an alien planet filled with lush greenery and some very unusual animals along with human settlers. I was confused, I will tell you, because... I wasn't sure if they're supposed to be human, Mars, Belters, if they're supposed to be indigenous people. Right. Yeah, so, you didn't know. Yeah. And what we find out, I'm still a little, like, not 100%, to be honest. Right. <laughs> exactly. Our introduction to this place comes through the eyes of a small girl who's clearly eager and exploring everywhere, probably some of the places she shouldn't be, too. Yeah. She spots an odd-looking dog, at least that's what she said it reminds her as, which kind of resembles a dinosaur lurking in the bushes. Now, I will be honest, I thought the thing was going to be like a snake and like come flying out at her and eat her or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> it definitely had a head of a snake. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it very, looked weird. very snakish. I mean, I understand, oh, you're like a dog. It's like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Size-wise, maybe, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Small things could kill you. Yeah. However, she made a careless decision to toss a crumb of her snack to a native bird, and it turns out to be semi-tragic, we think, because the creature suddenly takes ill. As she panicked, we see the camera pan up to show us the structure in the planet's orbit, emitting flashing lights and its very distinctive shade of protomolecule blue. That's probably not good. No. Yeah, that gives us a little bit of an idea of where and what we're dealing with here. So this is probably inside a ring gate where Marco's protomolecule has been taken and being experimented on. So no wonder this planet's got some strange animals on it. I honestly thought that the bird, because a bunch of them started, or birdish thing, whatever, started like squawking because of the dog-like thing. Like, it was trying to tell her, no, something's wrong, get away. Right. Now, that's a possibility, but... 
But she does also, grab them, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it was, yeah, more than likely they fell out of their nest up in the trees and they were calling for mom and mom wasn't around. Now, of course, mom could be a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> be giant. Yes. Because she grabs it and she's like, it's okay, it'll be okay. And she runs off with the one that was like squawking that we think may be sick or dying. Right. But we don't know. And then, like we said, the title shows that it's ring number 673, planet number two, also known as Laconia. Again, how did they, in just, what, six months, they counted all the rings and like all the planets? Or this is like (laughs) them telling us as the viewer... But the people there don't really know. I was, right. Again, like, hmm. Yeah. Which could it be? And honestly, yeah, I just thought the girl was going to be toast. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, new face. You're not going to make it, are you? Right. <laughs> I don't have a lot of hope for some of these people when we're seeing new faces. But we get to go on some familiar stomping grounds instead. We go to Cersei Station next. And now, of course, it's under the free navy control yes that was in air quotes because are you free when you're forced to join no i don't think so and the current location of none other than marco Anaros. philip is a little bit more interested in hooking up with girls i was surprised I'm like oh we're starting with some there yeah i'm okay <laughs> we went from innocence to not so innocent all right but apparently he's been learning the ropes from his father huh you can take that any way you want. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it was like leading or hooking up with all these women. But something Marco and the other Belter bigwigs decide to give Philip a little crap about because he was late to their meeting and still not paying attention. Right. And this was including our stern new looking character, Rosenfeld Gulang. And all we got from Rosenfeld was... <laughs> disapproving nod basically like yes <laughs> like that's about all we're gonna get out of that one but of course philip saunters into the meeting between marco rosenfeld and cersei's head administrator nico who's been updating the group on the belt agricultural situation and again i'm feeling like nobody really cares except the person who's in charge of it right now so right. Nico's like the only one paying attention to what nico is saying yep But much like their foes on Earth, they're not exactly rolling in the bounty, though that's nothing new for the belt. As they stride away from the meeting, basically ignoring Philip now, Marco asks Rosenfeld if there's any update on his biggest enemy. I love how dramatic he gets. Yes, way over the top. Right? (laughs) He wants to know about the anti-free Navy belter, Kamina Drummer, and, of course, the Rossinati. He says that like he's chewing on glass. Yeah. Yeah, these asks, are the thorns in his side, as yes. long as they're still out there. So he asks, well, what are we doing? And I love it because she's all like, well, we don't have any more information. Do you want me to tell you every time we don't have information? Right. I love the <laughs> snottiness. That was great. Yes. I'm like, good. He needs somebody to be like that because he could be an ass. Yep. It's nice to see somebody be an ass right back to him. Yes. <laughs> I 100% concur there. So, of course, what does he do? He increases the bounty on both Drummer and the Rossinati. Well, that could only end well for Marco. Yep. When Marco leaps upon his soapbox, uh, that was quite literal, he jumped up on shipping crates because somebody started a chant. I feel like it was one of his guys. Oh, like more likely, sudden, yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to be walking this way. And after I get about 10 steps ahead of you, start chanting my name. 
Yep. Because he just feels like he'd be a slimy guy like that. But I love how he delivers his speech, considering Cersei's to be a home to every belter and to himself, and this will be our home planet and our home base. And the camera lingers on Philip's face, and holy crap, the petulant look on his face and the just disdain for Marco. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to work out well. Right. Yeah, this is... (laughs) From the looks of it, you kind of go, okay, well, if he's getting tired of dad, could he actually maybe think about disappearing and trying to find mom? Eh, Maybe. I mean, the way they opened it, it it gives you that idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. I guess we'll have to just wait and see. We get the feeling that Philip's antics have less to do with being a horny kid and more indicative of some deeper turmoil, and the expanse does not make us wait too long to see that. No. We see Philip and his buddy doing their best to impress a couple Belter girls, mostly through tales of Philip's heroic deeds and his part in the attack on Earth. When Philip suddenly stands up and stalks out of the room, as soon as they start bringing up how, oh yeah, he was the tip of the sword, and he is the reason all those people are dead, it's like, I think at some point he's just like, I cannot deal with this. Right. Maybe that's good for us. I don't know. I know. <laughs> because he seems so unstable. Yeah, he's a very conflicted teenager or early 20s now. Right. And he just doesn't know which way he's really wants to be associated with. Does he want to be a killer and be associated with his dad like that or... Does he want to be something else? Because you really get the feeling that, yeah, as his buddy's saying all these people he's killed, that seemed to bother him. Right, like that's not what he ever wanted to do. To be, right, exactly. We see him head off to Marco's ship, the Pella, where his father and Rosenfeld are having a boring but necessary conversation about supplies for Cersei's versus the more strategically important Medina Station, which is located inside the ring. I kind of forgot where Medina was for a few. Right. I was like, what are they talking about? Yeah, they took Medina inside the ring. Yeah. When Philip tries to butt into their discussion, saying that the people of Cersei should get what they need, directly contradicting Rosenfeld's observation that we owe these people nothing, the adults exchange demissive smirks and walk away, continuing their chat. Which, at this point, I have to agree with Philip, because Philip's like, you told them this is their home. They brought in a bunch of people to our cause and to help us. Yep. I was like, ooh, okay, maybe somebody needs to broadcast all this. Yes. Like, that maybe will get people to look at Marco like, ah, no, no, I don't think so. Right. So we have Marco and Philip and just that balance of power, and it's starting to make me wonder if it's going to come to blows. Right. Because we have Philip who thinks he's being respected, but he is very disrespectful with all of his behavior. And that comes very much to the forefront when he goes to the bar and he decides to try to pick up the bartender, which is basically like, hey, do you know who I am? Come on, let's go do it. It's like, yeah, (laughs) basically, yes. (laughs) And she goes, don't think so, punk. Right. It's like, listen, kid, sit down. And. He ends up, like, throwing his glass at her and starts talking shit. And at that point, I'm like, oh, girl, you need to punch him. Yeah. (laughs) And at that point, it ends up being, like, 
Philip last straw because his buddy who pops up to like talk him down, he's like, hey, it's not worth it. Let's go back and party. And that's when Philip just snaps and they start fighting and then Philip shoots him. Yeah. And they're supposed to be like his best friend. Yes, absolutely. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. This is probably not going to go well for you, Philip. No, but daddy's Marco, so. I don't care. Neither do I, but (laughs) I'm sure he's got enough pull within the station that he'll get him off. I don't even think that they're going to try to like arrest him or something, but I think that people are going to start looking at Philip like he's lost his shit. Right. He might be as batshit crazy as his dad after all. Right. And that I think is what's going to push him over. Like he's unknowingly pushing everybody away who would probably help and this is going to get bad because you're either going to be only with marco and then go crazy or only be by yourself and probably go crazy so i don't see it working out great for philip this season right but let's jump over to another belter that we all know and love let's catch up with drummer so we see drummer and her crew being pursued by the free navy bounty hunters well you're not exactly a free Navy again, and you're a bounty hunter. Honestly, I was confused just by the name because they said we're the free Navy bounty hunters. I thought they were people chasing the free Navy. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, why are they nope. chasing Drummer? But that, yeah, I was wrong, obviously. <laughs> but, well, since this is Drummer, we see she already has a plan involving both of her ships, the DeWalt and the Tynan, coordinating to blast their would-be captors out of existence. Well, that's going to take a lot of planning and everything seems airtight, but you know, something probably isn't quite right. Yeah. Because one of her crew members, Mishio, accidentally pushes the wrong button at a very crucial moment. Is it on accident or is it accidentally on purpose? Which is right. what I was wondering. Yes. <laughs> this, of course, causes a scramble and eventually spells the end for the bounty hunters, but the DeWalt is also lost. That's not good. No. Fortunately, its crew is able to escape just in time, but Mashio's crumbling under the pressure, and it shows just how jittery and exhausted Drummer's crew actually is. Because at this point, like I said, we find out it's like six months from all the events first happening. Right. So how much have these people been able to sleep? Yeah, not a lot. Not that much. Drummer and Joseph know that Mashio is totally devastated, and her family doesn't want to push her away. But she's a salvage worker and a med tech, not a fighter. Right. So maybe they can find a safer place for her to lay low. And that's probably the kindest move, which that was kind of sad because she just literally throws herself in the bed and cries. Right. It's like, oh. We get an extra scene. I was going to say, I didn't get to see the extra scenes because you can only see them if you're watching online, correct? Yeah, on a computer where you yeah. can pause it and go up and pull the Amazon X-ray down. And- yes. And so I didn't get to watch it before we recorded this. So please tell me about the extra scene. All right. Well, it's on the Tynan and we see Michu come in and talk to Joseph, telling him that Drummer doesn't love them. And Joseph goes, what the hell are you talking about, girl? And Michu informs him that She found Drummer's pad and took a look. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, and there were nothing about them in her pad. As we see Drummer 
going into her corners and noticing the pad just laying out in the open. Now, of course, Michu promises Joseph that she put it right back where it was. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. And Drummer starts to look through it, and it's nothing but messages from Naomi. So maybe Michu does have a point. <laughs> or maybe Drummer's trying to make sure nobody can get caught if she gets caught and they get right. off. Absolutely could be. But after going back to the bridge again for a brief second, we go back to Kamina's quarters and see her deleting the messages from Naomi. Now, I'm pretty sure she knows that Naomi is alive. So why would you be deleting those messages? Probably because what she's thinking about doing to meet you might uh, <laughs> be taken the wrong way, I guess, by her crew. But we oh, shall see. Interesting. Let's go to Earth, shall we? On Earth, we get a montage of news footage reminding us just how many rocks have managed to hit their mark and how many millions of people have lost their lives. And the asteroids aren't old news. We soon learn that Marco is still firing them from the belt at regular intervals. And though most of them are now being destroyed before they reach the planet's atmosphere, a task that has been keeping Earth's military defenses running ragged, some are still breaking through, or at least pieces of them are. Right. And it is damaging both surface and atmosphere. I thought that was interesting that they made a point of talking about the atmosphere. Yes. We do get to see a bit of a news clip that said, now Earthers know what it's like to be belters from an obvious Anaro supporter yelling into the camera. Yeah. But that had me wondering. It's like the belters were born out there. How are they supposed to know what it's like to be a belter? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you didn't have it taken away, but... No, not yet. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This is probably going to be just horrible. But bundled up against the permanent winter that seems to have set in, UN Secretary General Christian Avasalara and her right hand Bobby Draper observed firsthand a former agricultural hub that's now a frozen wasteland. That was depressing. Yes. Every rock kills us a little more, even when they miss, Avasalara says sadly and angrily. And she explains how she was there at the opening of this place where the corn stalks were so heavy they were bent over. Right. And just nothing. I was like, wow. Yeah. So how are they going to feed the people that are left? Right. That haven't been killed. Later aboard the Earth orbiting UNN Zenobia, Avasalara is faced with a familiar foe of sorts. Journalist Monica Stewart. I thought she was totally on our side. What is going on? <laughs> she is determined to get a scoop off the UNN Secretary General despite her tight-lipped attitude toward the press. Her response is literally, that's none of your fucking business. <laughs> there were so many F-bombs in this one. I'm like, yes. oh, I kind of don't mind it being on Amazon now. <laughs> <laughs> because Chrissy, gonna Chrissy, if you know what I mean. She may not have all the jewelry going on, but she's got all the attitude. Yes. And, of course, interference has to be run by the unamused Bobby. In the next scene together, Avsalara tells Bobby she knows she doesn't like her job because it was time for your job performance review. It's like, oh, <laughs> what? They do that? And Bobby, who has obviously been itching for a fight, quickly offers to quit. Avsalara's like, yeah, no. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I have another assignment for you. And she reads over the information Holden sent her about Anaros Azure Dragon, 
and that it's somewhere here, we think, and it's pulling uh, some asteroids towards us. So we're going to be moving some stuff up and set some things up. And I love this speech because it did set everything up nicely because Avasalara, of course, is so eloquent with we're wounded, broken, trying desperately to keep ourselves going by pretending we're not. Little wins here and there will not hold us together. We need more than that. Something big, something to give us a reason to hope. And it's like, oh, that's a good one. Yep. I like it. I like her. <laughs> I still like her and her attitude. She's totally oh, yeah. awesome. But it's pretty clear that Avslar and Holden pretty much have the same plan. Track down that pesky Zur dragon and annihilate it. And now Bobby's going to be bringing her considerable fighting talent to the plan, too. At this point, she totally knows about Alex, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. She was part of that. Yeah. I forgot. I had a brain <laughs> She fart. was the one that rescued Naomi when they got uh, back when he was dead. <laughs> brain fart. Because I'm like, wait, she knows, right? Yes. So, that's great, but they don't have a whole lot of ships. So what exactly is Bobby going to do? I think Bobby is getting sent to the Rossi. Oh, okay. And Bobby did mention about Mars, like, helping. So Mars has been hit with some of these asteroids as well. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So Mars is like, all right, maybe we can't just all go off planet. We need some help here. So this should be interesting because Mars was so divided previous to this right i'm wondering how that's going to play out to this season it will be interesting to find out that's for sure because you know there are still some loyal martians that just cannot stand earthers right well let's finally head to our favorite spaceship of all the rossi and our first encounter with the rossi this season finds naomi holden amos in the belt and peaches. Yes. <laughs> and they're battling it out with a free Navy vessel. Everyone's locked in doing their job, but you can tell that they're not enjoying any of it this time. Naomi especially looks haunted. No surprise after what she's gone through, of course. And it wasn't so long ago, because like I said, we finally get information that it's about six months. And right. I don't know if she would be able to get over everything quite that quickly. No. A few seeds of conflict are also sprinkled into the conversations that the trio is having in the aftermath because Amos wonders aloud if Chrissy, I love that he calls her Chrissy, I really do, yes. might pay them more for every belter they kill, to which Holden says, we're not mercenaries. And Amos is muttering, we're not soldiers either. Yeah. It's like, we weren't supposed to be doing any of this. Is. Look at us no now. joke. <laughs> it's like, look at when we started this mess, this is like way off track. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Amos just calls everybody something different. Yes. It's like, I'm not calling anybody their name. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, with the fight, Holden wants to go in for a closer look. Naomi warns they should keep their distance because the Free Navy loves improvised bombs and proximity triggers. They know it gets Marco off. And well, she's not wrong. No. <laughs> They've won the battle, but the Rossi is really bruised and battered structurally of course and the crew pretty much mentally as amos shuffles off to start repair work we're reminded that the rossi crew has lost a member thanks to the lingering shot and the just extra few seconds of amos looking at alex kamal's name on the ship's plaque as well as a new sort of crew member who's still finding her footing clarissa who amos of course calls peaches there still is that uneasiness Yes. And I'm hoping we're going to see change, but 
I don't know. Naomi is just so mad at the world right now. I don't know if we're going to get a whole lot of kumbaya happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of doubt that we'll get too much of uh, Naomi's issues resolved in this season. It doesn't look like. Yeah, because no matter how talented of a mechanic Peaches is, we see Holden and Naomi not warming up to her. And Naomi is just pretty hostile later. Yeah. But meanwhile, it seems that the Belters have left something unexpected behind on the small asteroid that the Rossi had encountered. And it's a drive. It's like, what? What's that for? (laughs) Yes. Speaking of jittery and exhausted, because that's how the whole world feels at this point. Holden does a spacewalk to check out the drive, and of course Naomi is like, can you not? Yes. <laughs> I love that. She's watching from the Rossi, and they share a moment remembering Alex when suddenly Holden realized the reactor he's literally standing right next to has unexpectedly started to power up, all because of a bolt, like, right. <laughs> hopping back and forth. It's like, oh my gosh. Now, I will tell you again, because... Assuming this is the last season, I feel like nobody's safe. Exactly. So when Naomi starts to shriek for him to get out of there, I'm like, oh my God, he's going to die. Uh, yeah, in the very first episode. No, you cannot kill Holden in the first episode. <laughs> Doesn't mean they won't try to. In the no, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nobody he, is safe right now. <laughs> but he is, yeah, he's the lead character. That means nothing. When we're getting to an end, Everybody's going to die. That's how I feel. I'm so worried yes. about everything all the time. <laughs> but he takes his tool and he starts smacking the hell out of it till it powers down. I'm like, that's not how you fix things. That's how I fix things. <laughs> yeah. But that moment of sudden and extreme danger allows the expanse to show us yet that everyone's nerves are stretched and possibly thin right now, including everyone in the audience. Yes, they done stretched ours real good. <laughs> Although it may not be the best moment, Naomi's under-eye circles are world-class at this point. But Amos has the urgent need to speak to her about Clarissa. Naomi resents Amos for bringing her aboard in the first place, and he reminds Naomi that you made some major decisions that have been unpopular, um, like the protomolecule sample to Fred Johnston, for instance. Yep. Oh, this is not going well. We can't have our crew sniping at each other like this. No, I'm so worried about what's going to happen with them. It's like, no, we were family. What's happening? This little chat, of course, does nothing to clear the air between them. Again, not surprised with everything. Yep. And a little while later, Holden shows Amos something unusual he's come across. Intel about the Free Navy asset, specifically regarding the Barkeith. The rogue Mars gunship he saw being consumed by red energy as it passed through the ring in season five finale. Now, again, I kind of forgot about some of that happening. Right. Because I'm like, wait, is it some kind of like personal drive to pull them into something or what is that? Right. And I love it because Holden says it reminds him of the entities that destroyed the protomolecule builders. And he's worried about what that means for the bigger picture especially since the only reason the rings are here is because of us. And Amos is going to Amos, just like yes. <laughs> Avasalara is going to Avasalara. Amos reminds Holden he's only there for one purpose, to kill Marco Anara. And I don't want to abandon you, but you better not abandon me either, or yeah. us. And I'm like, I didn't know if he was talking about what happened down on the asteroid. Right. He's talking about, oh, great, he's going to go pick another cause and we're all going to be thrown for a loop again (laughs) right 
So again, the air is not cleared. But then, hey, Detective Naomi steps in with her own bit of information gathered from the drive that they just investigated. And again, can we ever get an easy anything? No! (laughs) This is like going on and on in the insanity. But it seems that the Earth rocks are launched using a specific transmission burst that's coming from one spotter ship, the Azor Dragon, a target that the Rasnadi would very much like to find and destroy. And that was interesting because she's like, oh, I triangulated this and I learned this. And then it's like, wow, that's like a deep dive. How long did that take you? How long have you guys been sitting there? (laughs) Holden does apologize to Naomi about the reactor thing. And I love how he's just like, yeah, I'll be more careful in the future. It's like, really? Yeah. (laughs) But her response lets him know that it's more of a, I tried for so long to stay away from the violence, but Marco pulled me back in. And now people we're hunting and killing are the same ones I used to call my own. I don't know how much I can bear it. And you are not making things better by freaking me out. Right. (laughs) It's like, okay. Getting yourself killed. Deep breath. Everybody needs to like meditate and come back together because this is going to get out of hand real fast if we don't get like our team back on the same page. Absolutely. So I don't know. This was an amazing first episode. I loved it. But I don't know how every episode is going to bring us closer to the end of the story and not totally kill everybody off. <laughs> I mean, well, fortunately, we've got the actual book writers on the executive producing team. So that's true. I feel fairly certain that at least that part is going to stay protected regardless of what Amazon may want to do with this final season. In other words, they're not going to Game of Thrones us. Right. Yes. I don't think we're going to see a red (laughs) wedding. I hope not, at least. Oh, my gosh. So overall, what did you think of the episode? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. (laughs) As always, I mean, we get some good space fight. We get a whole lot of tension everywhere. And Phillip's gone off the deep end. No telling what's going to happen to him. So, yeah, this definitely set up the season for a whole lot of hell to be happening. <laughs> well, did anybody else have thoughts on anything that happened in this episode? Oh, absolutely. Our friend Fred from the Netherlands has sent his thoughts on this episode. So let's hear what he thinks. Hello, Steve and Sean and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Expanse Season 6, Episode 1. First question I have, we see the opening scene with this little girl on this ring planet with all these animals. And I really thought this is young Peaches, a.k.a. Clarissa. But it's obviously not. And we don't get any reverence back in this episode to that scene. So I assume it will be later. Or it's just meant as a contrast about having a lovely planet with lots of vegetation and nice animals, nice people, uh, in contrast to the whole war setting. But I almost can't believe that that is just the purpose. And we will see something of this back. I don't think that Jan is dead. I had the impression he was hit in his arm, but could be his chest, and then it's near his heart. But, okay. I think Philip is so unstable because his consciousness is nagging him. 
and in this surroundings with his father around, he cannot have a conscience toward Urters or toward his mother, etc. He knows his mother is working with Urters. So I think eventually he will get away or he will be pushed out by his father even. Furthermore, I was very happy to see Monica Stewart, the reporter, back only shortly though. I really love Anna Hopkins as an actress and also nice to see drummer back. I love how Amos bonds with Clarissa and also how candor he is with Naomi, but he always is. I think if Philip goes away from Marcos Inaros and towards Naomi, I think Naomi will get in a better emotional setting and perhaps gets a little bit over the death of Alec. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Well, thank you, Fred, for that wonderful feedback. You kind of covered a lot of things that we talked about on the podcast here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think if Philip does ever make it back to Naomi, it will bring her down some. But then again, if the Rossi is going to become more of a military ship destroying belters, that's who she is and where she came from. And that will, I believe, will drive a big wedge between her and Holden. They have to just keep killing Belters without getting Marco. I totally agree with you. And Amos was trying to be nice, but (laughs) Naomi wasn't giving him any chance. So that got a little tenser than it normally would. And, And yeah, I mean, Naomi's been through a whole hell of a lot in the last six months. I mean, she ran off to find her son. She found him, but couldn't convince him to leave his dad. And so she basically risks her life to escape, only to find that Alex died trying to save her. She's just losing people left and right. So I think it's going to be a rough road for Naomi this season, no matter what happens. Right. And I think our little uh, paradise planet Laconia is going to be a focal point at the end of this season. So it'll probably be just little pieces like the scene we got. In this episode that we'll get every episode, we'll see a little bit something else about the planet. And and then all of a sudden, bam, it's going to be the major focal point of everything. And of course, we love that Anna Banana is back, too. Yes. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> I was yes. just mad because I thought she was like all on our side. And then things got weird. Like, what is happening? Right. Well, Monica has always been on her side. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Yeah. So. She's staying on her side for right now, and we'll see what happens in the next few episodes with her. Hopefully, she will continue to have a prominent role. Fingers crossed. And as always, Fred, it's great to hear from you, and I hope you're going to enjoy this series as much as we are. Thanks, Fred. Well, we want to hear from you, too, so let us know how you feel at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. That's S-Y-F-Y talk at fangirlzone.com. You can send us feedback via email or audio like Fred did, however you want to do it. You can also go over to www.fangirlzone.com. Check out our contacts page because there's several ways you can send us feedback or just talk to us on Twitter, on Facebook. I think Tumblr's on there. I don't know. Like every place you can get a hold of us, we're on there. 
And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about the show. They can totally binge watch the first five seasons and watch this season with you and talk about everything. And we are excited to know what everybody feels about how the season's going too. So let us know that as well. And finally, we of course are hoping that you are enjoying our podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast as well. For this episode of The Expanse on Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Steve. If I don't get the easy way out, neither do you. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And until next time.